welcome to another episode of Red Hill Stories, discussions about faith, life, and Jesus. My name is Lyle Walker, and I'll be your host today. On the episode today, I have Curtis Tigris. Hello. Hello, sir. Uh, before we get into the episode, i got to do the podcast thing, which is the, hey, don't know how you heard about us. Don't know if you were just in a link. I don't know if you're a Red Hills member. Uh, not sure about all that. But if you would, you can you can actually go back and check out all of our episodes. We have two different seasons, one and two, obviously, because I said there's two, uh, with multiple, like, eight or, I think, episodes per season. But anyways, you can go back. You can go to redhills.com, uh, redhillschurch.com forward slash stories. You can get access to all of our previous episodes. You can also go to iTunes and Spotify and then subscribe. And if you wouldn't mind, I know it's one of those things, but if you wouldn't mind, give us, give us a like and then also rating us because that always helps when podcasts um, start to get the word out and uh, those reviews are super important. Um, not even sure how you, again, how you heard about us, right? But I'm glad you're here. So anyways, <laughs> uh, Curtis. Yes. How are we doing, sir? I'm doing good. You're doing good? Yeah. Not uh, nervous at all. <laughs> <laughs> Pull that mic just a little bit closer to okay. you. That's okay. How's that? That's better. Okay. Uh, so you have been at Red Hills how long? Almost two years. Two years. We came right after you returned from COVID. Oh, that's right. Golly. Mm-hmm. It's crazy this, like that it's been that long. Right, because it feels like this has just been a never-ending few yes. years, right? Yes, it has a blur. <laughs> uh, so you, I mean, you've obviously you've listened to most of our episodes, and so the interesting we were just talking about this, how mm-hmm. you know the, the the Red Hill Stories has like a two two part purpose. One of the purposes is obviously to have people tell their story and shine a bright light of Jesus on their lives. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we go through life and we go through ups and downs, and everybody has. A story. I don't care if it's like, you know, God brought me from the depths of sin um, back into grace or, you know, someone's just like grew up in the church and this that's their story. It's uh, everybody has their own tale, right, of how Jesus has um, changed their life. But there's another epi- like part of this, which I have seen as we do more and more episodes. I've heard it in conversations. I've seen it play it out at Red Hills, which is the once we get that information out there, like once we kind of you know, hey, this is my life. This is what I've been through. This is what Jesus has brought me from. There's this automatic connection that you will auto, you will have with other people in our church who've either gone through what you've gone through, and now you can have break down that barrier, that weirdness on a Sunday morning, which is, uh, you know, the small talk stuff. And how you doing? You know, and it was good. How was your Saturday? Fine. 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 <laughs> um, you can get through that because I was I was listening. I was just walking through the halls the other week. And I heard two people talking about the one of the what was the interviewees and the other you know person who's listening that how how their testimony on this podcast really impacted wow. them because they thought they were the only ones that ever been through that. Right. And I was like, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's the point of what we're doing here. Um, cool. So that's the kind of like if this is your first time listening to Red Hill Stories, you're like, what is this podcast? It's beyond just a testimony. You know, it, it is a testimonial podcast, but it's it's there for people to tell their story. Talk about Jesus and uh, and how He has changed their lives, and let people, you know, connect at that level. So, that's yeah. Red Hill Stories. It's wonderful. So I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> Me too. So happy you're here because, uh, yeah, you've been in a yeah. uh, couple of our. You, you were in our community group for a, for a while, mm-hmm. right? For like almost like six eight months, and um, seeing your family, you guys are getting plugged in, and we'll talk about where 
God has you at Red Hills currently at the end, but you know, right. so happy that you're here. Yeah, uh, so we, we always start this little uh, podcast off with an icebreaker, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always ask everybody, what is, um, what is something that people may not know about Curtis Tigers? I'm afraid of heights. Okay. I am deathly afraid of heights. I oh, mean, deathly. Okay, that's different. I've, I've, I can do heights. I mean, like I've flown in planes, I've rode roller coasters, I've done high ropes courses, but every time I am petrified, petrified. shaking, sweaty, Ooh. hands are palmy, even during movies and video games. Mm. When I watch the Lord of the Rings, right, the right, right. final one when they're going up the stairs. Mm. Yeah, that was that was brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah uh, yeah. Mosgilius, I think. Or yes. Like yeah. yeah, that's it. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's just an example. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's um, a bridge in Georgia I'd like to take you to then. Because like <laughs> <No>, it's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got both of them. It's got this long winding, like really steep staircase you have to climb up uh, or down. You go down originally and then there's like a, there's a, it's like a cable bridge across a gorge. Wow. And then you can mm-hmm. stand in the middle of it, and it's definitely moving while you're walking. No, I'm good. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you have to turn back around right. and walk up this really steep That's set right. staircase. The okay. Lord gave me feet, not wings, so I'm that, good. I agree <laughs> with you. I've never understood why people want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Right, exactly. I mean, unless the only way you're ever going to get me to jump out of an airplane mm-hmm. is either one, I've been diagnosed with some terminal illness. And it's on your bucket list. Yeah, I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. dying anyway. So this is this is not the end for me. Well, it could be, but it doesn't really matter. Um, Which is probably the mindset you should have, anyways. But that's another that's That's another story, right? (laughs) That's right. Uh, Or if the airplane's on fire. Yes. Because I would rather. Yeah. Well, this is we're diving into a weird. I was going to say, what would you rather die by fire or die by dropping out of an airplane? Ooh, that's a good question for you since you already have a fear. Probably, probably fire. What? That's crazy. Yeah, because the fire won't kill you. It'll you actually die of suffocation oh, from the smoke. True. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I. You'll could. be unconscious. I've seen in Inferno. Euphoric. I've seen Inferno. I don't. <laughs> well, that's <like> a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that's about right. that one. I don't know. So, like, when you're on, like, do you get like, do you have to take um, like medication before you're on an airplane? To I never of, have. Okay. I've just enjoyed the symptoms <laughs> okay okay which usually the stewardess would be nice and bring me a sprite and the crackers <laughs> okay and just say so you just like head forward yeah close the little window yes. i'm not in a yeah. air, i'm not flying i'm I, just i look for that little bag <laughs> Ooh. oh so you get nauseous oh yeah absolutely really yeah so no like you wouldn't enjoy going to the say the empire state building well actually i've been to it mm. and i've been to the space needle okay and i've been to all these things and I've been enjoyed the view from from the edge. Okay, but it's 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 paralyzing for sure. So what about like roller coasters and like yeah. amusement parks? So I'm really intimidated the first time I ride the first roller coaster of the day, and okay. then once I get through it, it's a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I'm with you. I I I hate. So my, I don't really have a problem necessarily with like when I get on a roller coaster, like the click, right. click, 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 click. And I'm like, I love looking out. Like I'm not freaking out. Mm-hmm. The ones that I don't like are the ups and downs, oh, the yes. drops. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, a, we're a Disney family. And when we go nice. to Universal Studios, that's where not we... Universal Studios. Um, oh my God, my family's going to beat me in the head. Uh, Epcot, Magic Kingdom. What's the other one? Is it it's not Animal even... Kingdom? It's the other one where uh, the Tower of Terror is. Oh, yes. 
I don't know why my brain's going to be, yeah. I'm going to get in trouble for my daughter. <laughs> my 12 year old's going to get yell, yell at me when I get home. Right, right. Uh, but no, uh, edit that part out. That's right. That's right. That's, <laughs> right. that's right. Good, good, good idea. Right. But when they take you like into this thing and they open up the window and so you can see out above Disney and you can see all the different mm-hmm. parks nope. and then it just boom, it just drops you and mm-hmm. then brings you back up. Mm-mm. Nope. I'm good. Nope. I see, did it one time. My hands are literally starting to sweat right Ooh. now. <laughs> I got, I, I did it twice. Yeah. Wow. And I said after the second time, I was like, I'll never, I'm never doing this. So anymore. was this because your kids encouraged and prompted you to? or? I think the first one was, it won't be that bad. You'll be okay. And then the whole entire time, I was super stressed <laughs> out. Like, And you know when they have like the, the pictures, yes. the snap? Uh-huh. I'm not screaming. I'm not crying. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm literally just gripping the sides. <laughs> and my eyes are just closed. And I'm, in a, I'm in like... I'm in a special place of peace in my yes. mind, trying not to <laughs> say this will be over in a minute. Yes. <laughs> I can just get through it. I'm going to survive. And there's like it. little, there's like little kids, you know, eight, you know, loving oh, yeah, it. Yeah. Loving it up. Yeah. I think there's like a, there must mm-hmm. be something in our brains that's different than other people. Uh, survival. I think right, <laughs> survival right, right. instinct. That's right. Survival <laughs> of the fittest. Uh, who's the really famous rock climber? I don't know his name, but he, 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 climbed El Capitan in Yosemite uh they call it um free free solo free solo so he he did it without rope without an assistance nope and so by himself free Mm -hmm. solo and they analyzed his brain and they found that he was missing he's missing something I don't know where but it's like the fear like there's like he, it's like literally not there because he has uh, no he has literally huh. he just doesn't have any uh, he doesn't scare him at all. That's all right. I, w- I wish I had that a little bit. Yeah, I mean I think we all do to a, a certain extent, but there's also that there for a reason. <laughs> right. God gave us that for a reason. <laughs> that's right. I have a little bit of that's right. Healthy fear. That's right. Right is not a bad thing. That's absolutely right. right. Yeah. So fear the Lord. Right. That's it. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a good thing. All right. So you're afraid of heights. Um, like even like um, roofs. Like what is there a limit? Is it like I can get on a ladder? Yeah, I can get on a ladder. Okay. Yeah, to a, maybe a one or two story house. Okay. Yeah, but anything above that, I start to feel the gravity. And, you know. <laughs> That's, I actually heard that. They said, yeah. um, I heard a guy talking about it, it was an astronaut, and said, people are not afraid of heights, they're afraid of gravity. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, because if, if you jump off the thing and you know you're just going to float, yeah, I'm not afraid of it anymore because what I'm, what I'm fearful of right. is that trajectory all the way to the ground that i end up in a you know right. a splat on the ground that's what i'm afraid of wow. so it's the gravity part that we're actually afraid of and i was like that's yeah. your point so wow. that sudden stop at the end that's right that's a sermon almost <laughs> that's why i would rather die from fire because you think about it on the way down <laughs> there, yeah there you is have, the second to think about it yeah like, and if you're oh, driving if you're up high enough there's yeah. a lot of thinking unfortunately yeah, absolutely. you know it's like well this is gonna hurt for like a second anyways that's a really weird. It's probably the strangest All of right. the opening podcast. Well, yeah, I'm glad I can help. This has been another Red Hill story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming. That's right. Uh, Tape for waitress. Uh, That's right. You know what's funny is about my wife. She has no fear of heights. Wow. None at all. She loves um, any roller coaster, any thrill, up and down. But she hates ladders. 
Really? She absolutely is terrified of the ladders. So we're getting you that for Christmas. Right. <laughs> but I just think it's funny how there's like for you, like you're afraid yeah. of heights, but you're okay with the ladder. Right. She's fine with heights, but wow. is hates ladders. It's this, wow. When you said that, I thought about it. I was like, that's yeah. weird how the two coincide or, or different, but the same. That's interesting. Yeah, that is. Anyways. All right. Oh. So that's enough of the... Um, <clears throat> What are you afraid of? Or not, yeah, height stuff. So anyways. <laughs> what am I most afraid of? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Curtis Tigers. That's right. What is your story? Well, my story is uh, I'm saved. I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus Christ who saved me. And it's funny because I'm going to share my testimony and my story. And when I share it, which I've done numerous times, people often think that I actually grew up as a pastor's kid. Because of the way I act or talk now and read the Bible and study. And it's actually pretty funny when to see the shock on people's faces of, of everything I've been through in life. Mm. So that's what I want to talk about. Um, I grew up in a little town called Niceville, which is in Okaloosa County, about two and a half hours away from here. So if you're not familiar with that, that would be like... Destin, Destin Beach. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, it's grown a lot. They now have like Starbucks and Dunkin' yeah. Donuts and had none of that when I was a kid. So <laughs> it was either you're a smart kid and you got into cool clubs or you got into trouble. I was the latter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it was the latter. Um, so my dad retired there out of the air force. He was mm -hmm. an air force guy. Um, that's where my mother was from and my mother's family. So it was just a natural fit. Cause it's right outside of Eglin air force base. Uh, let's so say Eglin's right it's there. a big, big military, military, uh, city. So, uh, we lived there from, when I was about five, and my family is still there, except for my mom. My mom's passed away this year. Mm. Um, but my dad and my older sister, who is four years older than me and married and has two kids, still lives there. And we got along pretty well. Well, as kids, we fought a lot, but then something happened when we got older. We just became friends. Um, let's see. So I ended up, my family went to church. They were, they were kind of religious. Uh, my dad, not so much. My mother was definitely the spiritual leader of the household, but um, we ended up going to a heavily hyper-Pentecostal church, which was fine for me at first as a kid. I got involved in the Sunday school, started learning all the Bible stories, could repeat them to you, and loved it, um, but there wasn't a whole lot of change in my family, and I don't, I don't think I recognized that then as a kid. I'm able to recognize that now because I started rebelling for sure. It being a small town, Whenever we would drive to church, I would literally get out of the car and walk home. Um, my dad would spank me the first few times I did it, then he stopped caring. Mm. <laughs> so I literally would go to church and, and leave. Um, so like, wait, wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah. So you're telling, how old were you in this? Maybe 12, 13-ish. Okay, so you're, okay. So you're not like a six-year-old. But like, no, yeah, yeah. you would get to church, mm -hmm. parents, everybody exits the vehicle, and you were like, nope. I'm out. I'm just going to walk home. Yeah. All right. But it, uh, I mean, like, it was probably two miles away from home. Okay. So it wasn't too bad. And then growing up in that town, I was able to ride my bicycle or walk pretty much all the time because 13-year-olds don't drive. <laughs> um, but before that, there were definitely some other experiences I had at that church that started to drive me away even more. Okay. Um, they went through a pastor at that church probably every four to five years. Mm. Um, so that might give you an indication of the type of place it was. But uh, 
there was one time where, you know, as, as an 11 year old, I was dating a girl, whatever that means, you know, it's like we went and played goofy golf. Right, 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 right. But, uh, it was, a uh, the pastor's youngest daughter. And then a friend of mine was, you know, dating the pastor's older daughter. And, uh, one night, probably a Wednesday night service, one of the deacons was karate chopping demons out of the sanctuary. Hmm. So naturally when a 12 year old see a grown man doing karate chops in the air and, it was in the height of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle era and everything ninja. We enjoyed playing ninja. <laughs> so, okay. Are you being facetious? Facetious? Like, he literally... Oh, yeah. No, he was literally chasing demons and karate chopping them out of the sanctuary. Was he doing any, like, leg kicks or anything? I don't remember that. That would have been awesome. It would have been. That would have yeah, been Yeah, some backflips, but yeah. he was probably in his 60s. So. Okay, so he was probably just yeah. karate chopping. He was doing his, uh, you know, Did he abilities. Make the sound so. like, Hi, yeah. Hi, yeah, he was. I believe so. It was very loud and startling, okay. <laughs> for sure. Wow. Okay. Um. So yeah. So we were playing along with that, but then the next Sunday, uh, other girl, she was just like, "My pastor dad is not how she said it, but she's like, my dad said I have to break up with you, because you were mocking the things of the spirit," and I was like, "Okay, this is weird, but." What about him? He was too. And he was like, no, 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 I wasn't. So he, you know, flat out denied it. And it's funny what sticks in our minds as we grow up. But it was, I think that was the, the beginning of the break where I was like, not only do people lie, people get a little crazy. Mm. <laughs> and knowing what I now now know, I'm like, this isn't in the Bible at all. Mm. So, okay. So chalk that away. And then, um, yeah, I don't remember... Old or New Testament. No, I can't see Elijah. He, Elijah had a sword. He did. <laughs> Maybe like he, he did chop down some prophets. Yes, he did. But uh, I don't think yeah. he was chopping down spiritual prophets. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Interesting. All right. So yeah, so I started to fall away from the church. And then in middle school, started to learn about evolution as well. Hmm. And they'd had a, people like Dr. Kent Hovind come and give speak said uh speaks speaks <laughs> talks at the church and uh so he's a creation scientist if you've never heard of him i encourage you to check him out because he's got really good stuff hmm. but then going to middle school just learning about evolution and i'd ask my parents about it and they're like yeah we don't really have any good answers so just everything was piling on and i was just like maybe god's not real hmm. but as before that when i was younger you know i would talk to god and pray and i really felt like something or somebody was there i had that experience for sure but then i uh, started to, to grow away from that and then uh, at the same point i was actually being molested sexually by a mm. neighbor um, i won't go into too much detail about that but it was definitely an ongoing thing that was abusive and nobody knew about it and i had been ashamed about it for years until the lord you know allowed me to forgive which is really good so fast forward that, because that's going to really play into the rest of the story is I started stealing, and not only did I enjoy stealing, I was really good at it. I was able to walk in a store, and I've always been a small, skinny kid that looked innocent, so I would literally be able to grab cigarettes off the counter. I could grab alcohol bottles out of the cooler and shove them down my pants and my shorts mm -hmm. and walk out, and, and no big deal. So you weren't dressing the part. Like, like, right. you know, I mean, I, we grew up about the same time frame. I, I knew mm -hmm. what, you know, skater punks or, you know, mm -hmm. I know what kids that vandalized or did, you know, st or stole things. Like, you know, you could tell 11, 12 year old, 13 kids, they're pretty obvious. So, but you've just, you like we, how you are today is how you were 20 years ago. 
probably. Okay. <laughs> probably the same haircut too. <laughs> <say the truth. laughs> That's funny. That's but good. I mean like, so I don't tell many people this, but like my dream job then would have been to have been either a spy or an international jewel thief. Like that was just so okay. romantic to me. I'm like, you get to go have been and, the thing we talked about earlier. Well, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like playing multiple parts and tricking people. Yeah, like yeah. that was that was exciting to me. Mm-hmm. And then getting away with it was yeah. the rush. So um, then I started breaking into houses and stealing and vandalizing for sure. And then uh, the first time I got into drugs was marijuana. Mm-hmm. Like I was already smoking at that point, which is yeah. funny. I'm looking back now. I'm like, how does a 13-year-old sustain a cigarette smoking habit? <laughs> But it happens, you know. This is what we got to watch out for for our kids, right? That's true. So, I'll try to keep it as PG thirteen as I can. Okay. But I was currently in a runaway situation at the time, and I was helping the people who I stayed with break into a house and steal stuff, and uh, just so we could buy marijuana, and they did. And the first time I smoked weed, uh, there was somebody there that had been told I was a narc or a snitch or somebody who reports to the police. So he held a gun to my head and said, you got to smoke the Swede. So mm-hmm. I smoked marijuana for my first time. Because um, you didn't look the part. Right. Exactly. So let me just, you said something you kind of brush over. I just want to make mm-hmm. sure I understand. You had run, a, you were in a runaway situation. So what is like, describe yeah. that. I ran away from home and was gone for about a week. For about a week. Yeah, okay. Staying okay. at like a flop house pretty much. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. during that time, you were a gun to the head, weed, boom, there yeah. it is. Okay. And it was funny because I remember thinking like, ooh, this is something I actually wanted to do. So okay. it was fine. And yeah, right. I enjoyed the, the sensation that it, it came with. But So then there was a while before I got to do it again. Um, I ended up going to an outdoor wilderness camp after I got arrested multiple times as a juvenile. Mm. So I spent about a year in this outdoors wilderness camp hmm. that uh, with other boys in a group, and we had to basically live outside like we cut down trees and shaved them and trimmed them and built log cabins um that sounds awesome yeah it really was it's like 40 years old now <laughs> yeah, me is like no right i want to do that Can exactly I, tell me where this camp is i yeah, want to go live there. i don't think it's there anymore that but sounds uh amazing. yeah and like i got to do a 21 week sorry not 21 day okay canoe okay. trip on the swanee river um so yeah this was like really did you enjoy that oh like, yeah it was okay because okay. i mean i grew up playing in the woods all the time yeah and like as a youngster in the woods my best prayer life was when i got stuck in the mud up to my waist and thought i was gonna die so i'm like wow. lord help me <laughs> oh, wow and he did so okay it's okay. great um so yeah i loved being outdoors um we went on other hiking trips and stuff but i i spent about a year there um got out of that when i was about 14 and then about six months later i kind of violated my probation hmm. i'm sorry it was about a year later but during that year, I got involved in the occult. Mm. And then I really started getting into marijuana and smoking that all the time. So I was smoking marijuana and experimenting with the occult. Mm. So there's that. Not a great combination. <laughs> Not a great combination at all. And I saw stuff that I wish I didn't see mm-hmm. um, or experience, but it's real. But Jesus is stronger, right? That's right. So um, I ended up getting violated for my probation and went to another place for about a Three months in the county juvenile jail. So you're still only at the time, like 14, 15, yeah, something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then I went to another place for about eight months. Um, that was called the North American Family Institute in uh, Defuniac Springs, hmm. kind of like a halfway house. And I mean, it was good. Um, definitely caught up on schoolwork and stuff, which I was neglecting and, yeah. and learning how to cope with stuff. And I mean, 
it just it's kind of a blur so i got yeah. out yeah got out of that um ended up dropping out of high school when i was 16 um experimented with cocaine and did a lot of lsd mm. and then some crystal meth as well and just everything the only thing i didn't do was shoot anything or inject anything gotcha. into my body that that's funny that that was my yeah. line it, that was like like i'm not putting a needle in my yeah, arm which i almost crossed once but i'm thankful i didn't so this was like mid 90s right yeah yeah mm-hmm. like that's like the height of the opioid like epidemic right yeah you know, like absolutely when that was really getting like on the streets and did you ever get into like were, were you ever like addicted to this stuff or was it just like you would dibble dabble in it oh yeah okay no i mean uh i would smoke marijuana in the morning okay i was smoking at lunch I was smoking at night when I got home, and, yeah. and then drink a lot, and we'd do lines of cocaine. Okay, so you were sure. you were addicted to, to to weed, like yeah. Okay, that was definitely my drug of choice, but okay. everything else was fun too. Okay, like there would be nights where I'd do the marijuana, LSD, and cocaine, and then go to work in the morning. Mm. Yeah, my body <laughs> has paid the price. Right, <laughs> putting your body through it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so yeah, so I, I dropped out of high school when I was sixteen. Um, School wasn't for me. Yeah. Couldn't be there. Um, That's ironic. It is, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like I said, like everybody's like, you're a pastor's kid. I was like, no, I wasn't. I wish I was. So people are like, man, you got such an amazing testimony. I'm like, I would trade with you in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I actually ended up going and getting arrested in Texas as an adult mm. for possession of cocaine, mm. um, which meant I went to the adult jail. Mm. And then I went to the adult state jail for about a year. Mm. Um, yeah, that was that was crazy because I was actually on a road trip with my parents to go visit my sister in Seattle, who was there at the time. And they popped me and a friend for trying to do drugs somewhere. And, I mean, mm. looking back on that, I'm like, wow, how horrible is that for your parents? And yeah. they're like, well, we're continuing our trip. We'll see you later. So, we'll pick you up on the way back. Yeah, well, a year later. <laughs> yeah, so, like, even, like, on a first-time offense, I mean, they had – because I would think your juvenile record would be not well, play a part. So where it happened in the district, because apparently each county is broken up into districts and each judge is over each district. Mm. I remember the first time we went to court for our sentencing, they called my name and they called my friend's name who was with me. And when he closed the door of the holding cell, he said, the rest of y'all are lucky. So we went before a judge who had a zero tolerance. Mm. And part of the deal was we had to sign to have our juvenile record unsealed so she saw oh. all this and yeah oh so my gosh. she she didn't throw the book at me because i could have gotten two years for it but she only gave me eight months wow so that with the three other months it was about a year gotcha yeah so um i got out of during that time in jail and each and every single time i went away you know i, I went back to my roots of christianity and like the mm. bible and god is real god help me god help me god help me yeah and uh, during that time in prison, I really got serious. I got into the Bible, and I still have my tattered prison Bible wow, on my library cool. and uh, did some online courses there. And then as I was close to getting out, um, the friends I'd made were like, man, you're going to go back to that life you're in? I was like, no, man, no, I'm, mm. I'm all about Jesus now. And uh, unfortunately, that wasn't true. I got out, and my friends out there were like, Hey man, you want to smoke a joint? I was like, well, yeah, I'll smoke one. I'm like, I just well, I'll do one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one turned into two, and then two turned into four hundred. Yeah, you're back in your you own know? house. Yeah, exactly. So like when you were, you just said something that I'm gonna just kind of yeah, please run down. Um, you said 
I mean, you made it sound like when you were in your younger years in church that it really never really had an impact on you. Like you would walk away from church, right? Like, right. you know, you didn't ever want to be a part of it, but then you just kind of made a mention of there must've been something, right? right? There must've mm-hmm. been something that happened. So what was that? What was it? Even if you were in a, what you would think of as a, uh, you know, an, an unbiblical maybe even environment, yeah. What was the thing that carried through, through all of that? Why you? So you're an adult in prison now, and mm-hmm. you're still being drawn to this thing. Well, even you just asking that makes me think of the experiences I did have as a kid mm. when I was in church, and you know, you feel that life and that joy, and it's like you know something's different. Mm. There's got to be something there, where which will the idea of there having to be something there will fit in. In a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, like, because you mentioned, like, when you thought about and learned about evolution and different, different, mm-hmm. different worldly theologies, if you want to call it that, those made more sense to you than Christianity did. Right. But yet, the Holy Spirit was still working in you even at that time. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. His hand has definitely been on me. I would not be here anymore, <laughs> for sure. <That's> true. Yeah. <laughs> I right. thank God every day. Um, so, yeah, so I got out of prison. Around 1998, Mm -hmm. I came back home, was back into the same mix, doing the same things. And I remember just driving, driving around one day and I even prayed to the Lord. I was like, Lord, something's got to change because I'm not going to change, apparently. Mm. Um, Well, something did change horribly, unfortunately, is I found out that my best friend had killed himself. Mm. Um, And I was dating his next door neighbor. We were both working at the same place, and he had been going through some issues with his girlfriend, so he decided to end his life Mm -hmm. very graphically. Mm. (laughs) Um, So me and another friend actually broke into his house or his apartment where he did it and saw the mess and uh, actually reached down, and I picked up a piece of his his skull. I didn't realize that what it was. so I, I challenged God, and I hated God. I said, Lord, if you have created a world where people feel like this is the only way they can get off it, I will never serve you. Hmm. And raised my fist to heaven and hated God and was sad and full of grief, of course. Uh, what's funny is God sees our challenges and says, I don't know, hold my Bible. No, <laughs> what's right. the Christian yeah. version of that? Um, yeah. So what had happened was the girl I was dating was a Chinese foreign exchange student who had made friends at a singles group in town as a cultural experience to meet friends and to plug in. Well, there was one girl that would come over and check on her every now and then, and I was there. And when I found out she was a Christian, I would try to get her to argue, Mm. which I'm trying to get better at not doing now. (laughs) But because, I mean, I was involved in the occult, and I studied other world religions and believed in Buddhism and everything and thought it was all the same thing and I mean it really is but I would challenge her with questions and she couldn't answer them and she'd be like well I don't know about that so it drove me crazy because I could feel the peace and love and joy that was radiating off her and she wouldn't argue Mm. so it drove me crazy (laughs) I can see that (laughs) yeah so uh 
So they ended up having a uh, singles retreat in Panama City for anybody that's ever been to Laguna Beach. Yeah. Or saved yeah. or been to that retreat in Heck the summer. Yeah. That's Heck yeah. That's where it happened, man. That's where it happened. Laguna so Beach. They, uh, they invited us to that. And my girlfriend at the time wanted to go. And I'm like, great, you go. I'm going to stay here and party all weekend and do all the drugs I can. I mean, mm. that's honestly what I was thinking. Um, so I was at work that Thursday before the retreat, and my friend's my name kept running through my mind. I mean, over and over, said on repeat. And I was so cold-hearted that I was just like, you're dead. Mm. I got to quit thinking about you. And um, I know it was the Holy Spirit because eventually he broke me broke through and i said all right lord i've tried this christianity thing so many times and mm. i've failed and walked away every time i was like but i'll try it one more time mm. it's funny he he doesn't give up on us does mm. he so uh so i called him and i said like, yeah i'll go and they're like well we're having our singles meeting tonight and uh why don't you come with us and i'll bring my brother you know because she's a girl and i want to pick up a guy with a guy so i'm like that's cool so he gets out of the car and uh He's got like long blonde surfer hair down, down to his waist. And I'm like, Christians can't have long hair. What's going on with this? Like it was against any worldview or paradigm I ever yeah. had of what religiosity Christianity was supposed to be. And then, uh, then we go to the singles meeting and they had electric guitars. And I'm like, I was into hardcore rap and hardcore heavy metal. So, I mean, like church music was organs. Mm. So, and they were actually really good. They were a good band. Um, so Remember that, the name? No. Okay. No. Uh, so then uh, I was like, okay, this is this is interesting. <laughs> I was like, all right. So then, uh, so I go to the retreat, and that the guest speaker used to be the youth pastor of the church, but then he went on to other stuff. So all these now singles grew up under this guy as a youth pastor. Hmm. So he starts out Friday night, and he's just like, why are you here? He's like, why are you here at this retreat? Are you here to have fun? Are you here to do this? Are you here to do that? Then he moves it to, why are you here on planet Earth? He's like, you're here on Earth to glorify God through Jesus Christ. And when he said that, the question I've been challenging God with of how could you create a world where people feel like this is the only way they could get off it mm -hmm. was answered in that moment. Like I felt mm -hmm. the illumination of the Holy Spirit where I was just like, that makes the most perfect sense in mm -hmm. the whole world. So then uh, after that meeting, I took a walk on the beach that night, and I said, Lord, I've seen what I've done with my life, and it's a wreck. Now I want to see what you can do with it. Mm. And I know I got saved that night. Mm. He took away all my drug addictions. Mm. Um, I ended up breaking up with, with my girlfriend there at the time because we were not doing what should be done in right, right. relationships. Um, total transformation. Um, didn't want to do any drugs. Um, I had to explain to my friends what had happened, you know, and I got them to come to church a few times, but, and I mean, I was devouring the Bible, like mm. devouring it. Um, my friend uh, who was there to pick me up got me a new King James version because mm. I was like, I only know the King James. He's like, here, try something else. And that, <laughs> that has since been tattered and destroyed. But I mean, I was reading stuff like Tozer, Mm, as yeah. like a brand new Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty exciting. Um, so I tried to go to college a few more classes, so I wasn't getting into it. But uh, I ended up going to a Bible school in Michigan called New Tribes Bible Institute, and they are through the New Tribes Missions Organization. And they focus on sending people to countries that don't have written languages or people mm. groups. So 
um, I've always kind of been evangelistic. I want people to get saved. So I was like, cool, I'll go study the Bible with missionaries. Yeah. Um, so two years intensive Genesis through Revelation. Hmm. Great. Non-accredited degree. Yeah. Still great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I never felt called to be a missionary, so I didn't finish the four years, which you would love because <laughs> the two years is Bible, then you have a year of survival school. Oh, that's pretty cool. And then a year of linguistics. But I was like, I just want the Bible. Yeah, yeah. So Why not missions? I just never felt called. Really? Like Some of my friends there at the time, they're like, yeah, we're called to missions, but I've always felt the desire to teach and preach. Yeah. Like that's always been like, I want people to understand what the gospel is, which I guess is a missionary, but also to grow in their faith and actually mm-hmm. know what the Bible says. So when your 10-year-old son comes to you and says, tell me about evolution and why it's wrong, you can actually have an answer and be like, well, this is wrong. Yeah, and this yeah. is why, 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 why? Mm-hmm. You know, because, I mean, I'm sure we all grew up with our parents just saying, because I said so, and that's not a very satisfactory answer. <laughs> not always. Sometimes it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> As a parent. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> which if my, kid, will, if my kids are listening to this, yeah. You do what I say. That's right. Because I said so. Until you're older. <laughs> That's right. So you're so not mission. So there's just been a, there was a, a disconnect, I guess. We're not maybe yeah. you just weren't called to it. You know, I get that. Absolutely. But yeah, that's interesting because the way you talk, mm-hmm. you seem like a natural uh-huh. mission missionary. Because uh-huh. not just the way you talk. I mean, like like you're stylistic. But I'm talking about like the way you have a heart for like. Not I don't and I don't do not mean this in any way, shape, or form as a negative, but the elemental truths of Christianity is something that you're really big about, right? right? Like and yeah, imparting yeah. that onto people so that they can get the most like like if you can get that mm-hmm. really well, then we can go on to the next step. But if you can't if you don't get that, then there's no way we can go on to the bigger concepts, right? Yeah. And I yeah. feel like that was that's such a huge part of of missions, which is taking the gospel at a very basic level and teaching it to somebody who has no concept for it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I know you said you're not called to it, but yeah, I, that's a good point. Challenge you a little bit on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a missions pastor. <laughs> uh, that's right. through a couple of years now of, of Bible school. I, I assume somewhere you got your GED because you said yes, you dropped yes, out. Yes, I did okay. get my GED. Yep. So you're, you're, you're mm-hmm. in Michigan. Where, where do you go from there? I uh, came back home to Florida. Okay. Um, had no idea what to do with my life. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't move back in with my parents because it was a, a dysfunctional relationship per se and not a very good household to be in at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so my friend actually let me move in with him rent-free, mm-hmm. which was great. I didn't yeah. appreciate it for what it is now. Right, that's right. <laughs> um, and I ended up getting a job as a taxi driver in uh, Destin. Oh, nice. Yeah, it lasted half a night. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never done that before, so I was nervous. But, like, I didn't feel comfortable. This was before, like, smartphones were a thing and you had GPS. Where it was yeah. like, if you don't know where you're going, you're kind of lost. And then it's funny because when I went into headquarters, like, the owner and the dispatcher were there just smoking weed anyway. So I was like, yeah, yeah. this isn't a thing I want to be involved in. Um, <clears throat> so I, I actually went 
to the beach because I mean it's two in the morning in Destin. Why not? Right. And I was just praying to, to God in the middle of creation. I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, so a thought jumped in my mind, probably from him. I give him credit. Um, when I was in Michigan, I had made friends with people that had been EMTs or emergency medical technicians on an ambulance prior to coming to the school, and and they liked it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend at the time was also in the middle of nursing school, and I was like, I don't want to be a nurse. But I mean, I'll check out this ambulance thing. That sounds like, that sounds like pirating and like being a cowboy. And it's it's okay. like the redheaded stepchild of healthcare. And okay. it really is. So I was like, huh, let me try this. Um, so pirating. Able, you just yeah, it's a it's an adjective now. Okay. All right, <laughs> there it is. Okay. It's uh, it's different. I'm sure it it's is. It's absolutely different. So uh, so I ended up going to EMT school in uh, Panama City because they did not have that yet in Niceville. Um, and I had a choice of either going to Pensacola or Panama City. I was like, if I got to drive two hours, I'm going to the beach. Mm, yeah. I'm familiar with Panama City. So uh, I did that, um, and I actually found out I had to f- clear up some legal issues from my past. I had to uh, submit some paperwork. So I actually have clemency. Um, mm. So I have pretty much all my rights restored. Nice. And I found out I had to pay them a fine that I had not paid. Okay. <laughs> so I had to write the state of Texas a big old check. So you're welcome. <laughs> No, um, so then I got my first job in Milton in Santa Rosa County, and at this point, I was actually dating a girl who I ended up marrying, mm-hmm. and we were married for four years and then divorced. Um, we were involved in that church, um, and they had brought a gentleman on staff to be the singles pastor, and um, he started to become toxic for the environment, very abusive, controlling stuff, and found out that he was having an affair at the time, which I didn't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But I could tell like something was off. Um, he's since been restored and is a full active member of the church. And mm-hmm. I've talked to him, met him, and yeah. it was great. But at the time, it was driving him, me and my then wife away from the church and then uh, away from God. Mm. Um, so we moved to Tallahassee at that time so she could finish her degree in elementary education. Um, and that's when I ended up getting my first, my second job in the area. And then I ended up going to paramedic school because she wanted to move to Colorado which is where oh, wow. she was from. And I've kind of been all over at this point. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So I went to paramedic school because I was like, I'll be more hireable. Because um, I was already an EMT for about five years prior. And it was getting boring because... Wait a minute. There's a difference. Okay. Yes. As a layman, yep. please please educate me. Absolutely. I thought paramedic and EMT were the same thing. So please no. enlighten me. An EMT is basic entry level. Okay. So that's usually one semester of schooling with night classes, clinicals, pass your boards, and you can drive the ambulance. Um, you can take care of people basically, like bandaging, simple stuff. I mean, they they do a big job. They're our partners, and they help yeah. us do a lot. But then paramedic school is when you get into cardiology, pharmacology. Okay. pharmacology. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You learn medications, medication math, how to administer you are the person in the back in the most critical situation. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Did not know that. That's uh, from start to finish, that's two years. Gotcha. Because you got to have your prereqs, and then paramedic school itself is three semesters, and that's intensive. OR clinicals, ER clinicals, labor and delivery clinicals. Well, similar to nursing school. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Without the pay. Right. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well, yes. I learned today, yeah, so I appreciate absolutely. that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so I did that. Then we... Uh, Moved to Colorado, and six months after that, she wanted a divorce. So mm. I was very depressed. I'm like, I've left everything. Like, yeah. my friends, my family, my job. I ended up getting a good job there and making good friends. And 
I stayed there for about three years, just living life, and wasn't following the Lord at all. Um, just drinking a lot. Drinking mm. and playing video games. Mm. <laughs> Avoiding the high parts. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, just staying in touch with family. And I came down one time to visit, and I saw my mom was getting older, and I was like, ooh, I probably should be a little closer. Um, so then uh, the Lord brought me back because during that trip, my brother-in-law went to a church that a lot of people from my previous church in town had started to go to. Mm -hmm. And so I already had built-in relationships with some of those people. And uh, one of the older men flat out asked me, he's like, man, I just feel compelled to ask you, how's your walk with the Lord going? Mm. And I tell him, I'm like, dude, it's not good. Mm. He was like, well, you know, all you got to do is talk to him like we're talking. And I was like, all right. So that and some other little things the Lord put my way were like, okay. So I started started reading the Bible again and praying and watching sermons and then uh yeah, I decided to move back to Niceville. Okay. Yeah. And uh I couldn't get a job in Okaloosa County for anything. <laughs> and I mean it's totally from the Lord, of course, because he yeah. closes doors, but I was just like I was so proud. I was so prideful. I was like, I've got this experience, I've got these right. qualifications, and they're like, no. Doors <laughs> just closing everywhere. Yeah, I was like, okay. So uh I did get a job doing Interfacility transports, and mm -hmm. that's a much needed thing, but a very boring thing when you're used to running 911 calls, like emergent calls. So, what is that? What, what job? What is that? Like, it is picking up people from the hospital and taking them back to the nursing home. Gotcha. On a regular basis. That does not sound interesting. 24 hours a day. Oof. <laughs> yeah. That does not sound fun. It does not. It does not. Um, so, luckily, I was able to get another. My, a job back in the area mm -hmm. um so i moved back to to here um and then my friend i told him like i want to get plugged into church there and he had gone to school here at fsu and so i told him like one of my pet peeves are people churches that pass around the offering bucket because i saw it abused in that church when i was a kid right, so right, i was like right. that's and so he's like well go check out this one church which isn't red hills yet it's not okay okay we're still getting there <laughs> um so i went there for about four years was teaching in sunday school growing listening to sermons um but it was a bigger church, and it was hard to build relationships. Because mm. I'm, I'm actually relational. I'm like, I want to go out and have lunch with people after church on Sunday. Like, that's, yeah. that's a big thing. My wife knows now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that just wasn't happening. Um, so then uh, some people I knew in the church there had started going to another church. Um, and they were talking about what that pastor was preaching and teaching. I was like, I can dig that, you know. So I started going to that church. It was smaller, older people, but definitely more Still not Red Hills. Still not Red Hills. Still not Red Hills. <laughs> it sounded like Red Hills for a second. Right. <laughs> and then you said old people, and I was like, well, we, we were at Church of Young People for a long yes, time. Yes, yes. So. And we love you, old people. And Thank we do. you for we coming. Do. Teach Absolutely. us what you know. That's right. <laughs> um, this is the church where I did meet Erica, my wife, okay. um, whom we've been married to for two and a half years. Mm. Um, she didn't want anything to do with me, so I'm going to embarrass her a little bit, but right. I just kept, kept, uh, <laughs> kept talking to her. Yes, pursuing. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, we met and fell madly in love, um, still in love to this day, which is great. And we got a baby on the way, which is even better. That's right. Yeah. First one, which is awesome. Um, so then, uh, we started noticing there was a change in what was going on in the church. Like things weren't entirely biblical. Um, they were, when they were teaching, it was more like one verse from the Bible and then a, here's a whole story for an hour. Yeah. Not being fed, a lot of things that we weren't agreeing with, and 
then some more instances happen, which apparently the Lord has given me the gift of discernment, which isn't everybody's favorite cup of tea, but mm. that's okay. Um, so yeah, so I mean, we approached the leadership as best we could and got shot down and then rejected. So we were like, you know what? We don't want to be a part of this. Um, mm. And we were actually youth leaders at the time. Um, and I told my wife, I was like, I don't want to build a program that will attract kids and their parents to what's going on here. Mm. <laughs> um, so that was that was hard. And it felt like a divorce. Um, and I was only there for four years, and my wife was there for almost three times as long as that. So it was, it was rough on us. But our friend who recently got married mm-hmm. um, had also, when he came, kind of right off the bat noticed things were wrong so we're, we're a little slow but that's okay um he had found red hills online and youtube so we started watching some of marshall's sermons in genesis yeah and i mean i was like okay i mean yeah that's pretty good yeah that's all right <laughs> right <laughs> um so we ended up visiting the church and uh when he was talking about abraham and isaac he started talking about types now mm. there is a part i left out i need to backtrack before <laughs> i get into this is uh when i Moved back here the second time, I didn't really have an education other than I had my EMS or paramedic education and then my non-accredited AA in biblical studies. You know, other than that, I was was like, okay, so I made myself, I was like, I'm going to finish my AA at TCC. Mm -hmm. So I literally, I had to start over at math. So I had Mm -hmm. to do the pre-math. That's always fun. (laughs) Yes. But I did one to two classes a semester, and I eventually knocked out my AA. So then I was able to actually graduate with my Associate of Science in Emergency Medical Services at the same time as my AA. So it was just like a God thing where it's like, oh, all these credits you took over here apply over here. Because I went to go meet with the advisor at that school for the AS, and he was like, you're done. Just sign mm-hmm. here, and we'll send your degree in the mail. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I was like, okay. Then – uh. There's actually a college here in town that I do want to promote a little bit called the Tallahassee Christian College and Training Center, and they have great Bible classes that if you want to learn anything, they got some amazing teachers, and it's very inexpensive because hmm. um, they want to teach you the Bible. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to go there, too. So I went there, and with my other degrees put together, I only had to take a few classes to finish my bachelor's in biblical studies. And so then I started working on my master's in biblical studies with the New Testament emphasis. That's what it's called. Um, so I've been working on my master's in biblical studies at this school for the last three years. Mm. And this is my last semester. I'm about to graduate with the master's in biblical studies, nice. which as a high school drugged out dropout mm. being transformed by the power of Jesus Christ, mm. I now am about to have a master's and that makes me almost want to cry. Yeah. <laughs> so I never thought this would ever happen. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I've, I've gone to Bible school and I've only had one year Greek, but that's my next challenge is <laughs> I want to master biblical Greek. So, wow. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, so I went to Red Hills and Marshall started talking about types and mm. shadows of Jesus Christ in the old Testament. And, that's something I didn't really know much about until I went to school mm-hmm. and that people aren't taught on a regular basis. So that was like, what's the good thing of a red flag? Um, well, a red flag would be a bad thing, right? Right. right. Well, what would be the good equivalent of a red flag? Green flag? A green flag. I like it. All right. All right. All green right. flag. Red means stop. Green, green means go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it shall be done. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
So I was like, okay. And uh, so we went and checked it out more and more. And we're like, wow, he's really teaching the Bible. Mm -hmm. I mean, like he skips around a little bit and it's not like verse by verse or word for Mm -hmm. word. And like, you know, that can become kind of tedious on a Sunday morning. But the way it was being presented was like, here's the word of God and it is alive and active Mm -hmm. and it can change you. We're like, we want to be a part of this. And then we met you and like, dude, you guys are all authentic and genuine. This is mm. great with failures and goodness. It's wonderful, you yeah, know? Yeah. So uh, we just, we really fell in love with y'all in the church and we want to be a part of it. Mm. Um, so that's a, yeah. I mean, I would, when the word authentic, that's a, that's an, it's important for us. Uh, yeah. I think that's what we are, or at least we, what we try to be, right? At all yes. times is authentic. Um so that, I mean, that's, 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 that just, how old are you right now? Had to 42. think about it. Think about <laughs> I it. do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 42, almost 43, like you're somewhere. Yeah. In the spring. In oh, the spring okay. Baby. So let's, let's go 42. Let's not, we're not adding any numbers yeah. here. Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a long stretch, right? Mm-hmm. Of your life. Right. Absolutely. And there's this been, bu- there's been this building, right. Mm-hmm. Of who you are, who you are in Christ, kind of an identity, so to speak. Yes. Um, and it all has led, right, I guess, to like the last, well, we're in, you know, November, almost a year into this. So um, talk about a little bit about, you know, I know you came into Red Hills about six months in, you got this offer, right? So talk about yes. what the last, you know, 11 months been being a pastoral candidate and like um, what that means to you and like where you think or you feel God leading you and you know from 42 all the way until he takes you home yeah absolutely um i like to share this is when marshall offered this to me or invited me into it it was a one of his last sermons before the end of the year Mm -hmm. um and he had made a comment he's like i'm gonna say some stuff and you know if you don't come back and we'll just see you later Mm -hmm. you know so uh we were leaving that sunday and i went up to him i was like well marshall (laughs) we're leaving we'll (laughs) see you later and then I was like, till next year, you know, because uh, right, right. Um, we weren't going to be there next. And then his eyes got all big. And I was like, oh, did I offend him? <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. But uh, then, yeah, then he invited me. He's like, hey, um, you know, I went through a training process with Lyle to ordain him as a pastor. And I want to do the same thing with you and three other guys. Would you be interested in that? And I was like, yeah, that was like, I told him, like, that's my heart's desire is to be a Bible teacher and pastor mm. um, to lead people in the truth in mm-hmm. practical matters. Mm. Like, um, so that's been exciting. Um, a lot of reading on top of the schoolwork. <laughs> yeah. Um, my wife's been very gracious to me, but she knows I'm an avid reader. So mm-hmm. reading is, has always been a, a soothing part for me. Like mm. I can always just get into a book and, and zone out. Cause I, I do love stories. Like I can mm. watch movies, I can watch TV, listen to podcasts or even like radio stories. I just, yeah. I love getting into that. Um, so it's been a good experience for me. I've, I've learned a lot learning what I'm not good at mm. and learning what I could be good at. Yeah. So, yeah. So what is, uh, <clears throat> you said you have a, a teaching emphasis, but mm-hmm. you know, you said you want to be a pastor. Like what does that pastor part mean to you? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, a pastor is somebody who leads in shepherds. Mm. So, I mean, they're not always, the two terms are not always different. 
Mm. You know, there's there's definitely aspects of both interwoven in both. Um, you can't be a pastor without being a teacher, and I don't think you can be a teacher without being a pastor. Yeah. Because you are literally leading somebody into truth with the Holy Spirit, of course, and trying to teach people how to live their lives that are pleasing to God. Because we're all going to stand before Him one day and be like, this is the life I lived. And He's either going to say, well done, a good and faithful servant or he's gonna say well you're still my son mm-hmm. or he's gonna say depart from me i never knew you <laughs> mm. you know so as a pastor you know i've always held pastors in high regard mm. like and even before i got into this you know as a paramedic people would, you know be like man you got how do you like your job i'm like man it's the second greatest job in the world mm. And they'd be like, well, what's the first? And I've always said being a pastor. Wow. Like, even before I was in this, I'm yeah. like, you know, I get to pray with people sometimes. Yeah. But I deal with physical aspects. But, like, a pastor deals with everything. I mean, yeah. you got spiritual aspects, navigating life through this from birth to death. I mean, that's yeah. a pastor is there. And they're supposed to be the example. So when we run into pastors who are bad examples, it leaves a bad taste in our mouth. And yeah turns us off to the church and Christ altogether sometimes. Mm. So, I mean... Yeah, unfortunately, pastor, I think I, mean, I agree with you. I mean, it's it was one time, pastor and doctor, like you used to, you know, yeah. you'd go into anywhere and people would like pay your meals kind of a thing because it was held in such high regard. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you held it. It was a status, not from sometimes power, but it was just like, that's the pastor. And I always love when I watch like... Uh, like B- BCC movies or TV shows where they're like, there's just like yeah. a small little English town, whatever it is. <laughs> and there's a priest and it's just like, there's only one church in the town. It's just yeah. one guy. Mm-hmm. And every, everybody who goes to that church is part of that little community. And I've always thought like, that's how the, the early church probably operated. Right. There was just, there probably wasn't, you know, we're in Tallahassee. There's like how many churches are 300 guys yeah, ridiculous amount of churches in this town. Yeah. And so when you say the word, I'm, I'm a pastor, you know, it doesn't carry, unfortunately for everyone, the same amount of weight that it, yeah. that it should at least, because it is a heavy calling. It's not, mm-hmm. should not be tread lightly, you know, Absolutely. Um, Paul speaks to that. Right. Um, yeah. So um, do you see yourself, you're at Red Hills, you got about a year left in the pastoral candidacy process. Mm-hmm. Do you see yourself like becoming a head pastor one day? Do you have that calling on your life? Like, what do you think? That's a scary answer. I have no (laughs) idea. (laughs) I'm not going to dip my foot in that until that time comes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So non-committal, committal. committal. Yes. I got it. Okay. All right. (laughs) For sure. Wink, wink. wink. I see. No, no, no. Okay. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know. I was, mine was um, three years instead of two. And that's not because I'm a bad person. It's just because I'm (laughs) My first year, I just didn't know. I wasn't sure. Like so, yeah. most of my early part was just like Marshall and I just sitting down talking about what does it mean to be a pastor, and me really working out with fear and trembling whether yes. or not I wanted to do this because um, it's an awesome responsibility. Yeah, it's a very big responsibility yeah. um, to guide. You know, I'm only forty, and when you're sitting across the table from a guy who's maybe sixty and who is struggling in life, to be able to you know, walk him through whatever that may be, you know, whether yeah. it be spiritual or physical, um, is very, is very, very tough. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, we get to work with young kids yeah. and we see the but growth. Go the ahead. exciting part about that is it's not on you. Yeah. I mean, it's no. the power of the Lord and right. the spirit and the power of the word. It's like, yeah. 
I'm going to show you what the Bible says, and the Holy Spirit's going to help you learn how to apply that's it. That's right. So, so, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. That's so true. So, but I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, yeah. I, that can for sure. It's tough. It's tough, yeah. you know. And yeah. so, um, you know, we don't as at Red Hills. You know, we've got. I mean, it's crazy to think we're only eight years old. Eight years old, mm-hmm. but there's only like 150. Let's just say 150 on average. Yeah. members people in our church mm-hmm. and uh most ch- churches our size have a head pastor and probably a youth pastor maybe a family service maybe and these are appointed people with just a title mm-hmm. right yeah because we just throw out the term uh, everybody's a pastor in some churches right but here we are going to have six potential you know if everybody makes it to the end right yeah. six pastors of a church of <laughs> 150 people yeah. And six guys who are definitely called to this, who are empowered by this and who have, uh, yeah, like it's going to be, it's going to be amazing to be able to divvy up as we were talking about the responsibilities of a church and yeah. not just be somebody who just like was like, Hey, are you willing to do this? Cause we really need someone to do the youth. Right. Right. You know, yeah. and we give them a title as a pastor without yeah. any training. Mm-hmm. Um, all six of us, I mean, Marshall's been a pastor since he was like 18 or 19, but yeah, you know, we've all had our, by the time the end season two of this podcast <laughs> ends, all four of the co- candidates will have been interviewed, but all, if you, Kyle is next, but as we, as we I hear you guys talk, it's amazing what God has brought all of us through. Yes. And Amen. from different, different areas and different perspectives and different backgrounds, but we all have one singular mission, right? Yes. Which is to preach the gospel, Amen. right? And, yeah. and and see lives change through through Jesus, not through our own abilities, right? Because yes. like we are made strong, right? Like mm-hmm. through him. It's through our weaknesses, right? So, anyways, it's awesome to see uh, you know, the first time I saw you guys come into church, you sat in the back and you tried to come to our community group and get to know you. Uh, and seeing how you and Erica mm-hmm. kind of integrated into the church uh, to see you grow over the last 11 months and then the continuous uh, yes. that we all will grow together as we do this thing. I'm excited and uh, yeah, just I just love to see what God, God has done in your life. Amen. And I'm excited to see what he does in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. Love you, brother. Thank yeah, you for coming on and talking to us. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks.